Welcome to the Gridiron Stud Show podcast. So happy to have you joining me today. We are in the next installment of our Recruiting Law series, and today we're talking about know when to fold them. You got to know when to fold them, just like the famous country music song by Kenny Rogers. But before we jump into that, I need to guys let you guys know the Gridiron Studs Show is sponsored by the Gridiron Studs app. The Gridiron Studs app connects high school football players with college football coaches and fans. Players use the Gridiron Studs app to post their profile detailing both their athletic and academic accomplishments, as well as post their highlight video so that college football coaches and fans may see it. You also keep your college football fan base updated on your recruiting process by posting your recruiting status, detailing all of the latest information like offers, trips, visits, camp performances, top fives, and more. College football coaches search through the database looking for the latest prospects to add to their recruiting list to help their program. College football fans stay updated on the latest info on their school's recruiting targets by viewing the recruiting status updates and recruiting articles. Fans can also show the support of their favorite school for the prospects by performing a fan uh, by becoming a fan and posting their favorite school's logo on a prospect's profile. So do yourself a favor right now, whether you are a prospect or a fan or a college football coach and you love recruiting, head on over right now to either the App Store or Google Play Store and download the Gridiron Studs app. Be sure to rate it five stars because we know you're going to love it. So again, what we're talking about today is uh, the next installment in our Recruiting Law series, laws for you to know and go by if you want to be Uh, have success in your recruiting journey. And today's lesson is know when to fold them. If you guys have learned one thing from me, from any of my podcasts, or you've read any of my blog posts, you know that self-awareness can be your biggest asset or your biggest weakness. Failing to have it will undoubtedly lead to you making a series of bad decisions that will likely turn your college football career, if you even have one, into a nightmare. So in that vein, today's discussion Um, in this podcast is directly related to having good self-awareness. And um, that's really the uh, essence of what this is about. Now, football, as we know, is a sport where quitting is frowned upon. You know this if you've padded up um, and you've been in that battle on a Friday or Saturday or even a Sunday. You know um, quitting is not a part of this thing. A never-say-die attitude is needed in training and certainly on Friday nights when things aren't going your way. It's a strong life lesson that every football player should stuff in their pocket and carry with them. However, there's quitting and then there's steering yourself in the right direction. When recruiting starts for a high school football player, whether that's actual offers or the desire to obtain offers, you know you want to play college football one day, everyone has a favorite school, right? Everyone also starts off wanting to play big time football and why not? Growing up, you may have dreamed of playing on TV in the big games that you saw on CBS or ABC or ESPN. To you, that's what college football, uh, in reality, you think that's what college football is all about. But the reality is this. College football is much more than that. College football is also Yale versus Harvard or North Dakota State versus Georgia Southern or Mountain Union versus Wisconsin Whitewater. In other words, on college football campuses across America on any given Saturday in the fall, Football is being played. Just because Lee Corso and friends are not at your school putting on the mascot hats in pregame doesn't mean it's not college football. I'm here to tell you that you can enjoy a college football experience at Grambling just as much or even more than you do an experience at, let's say, Clemson or Alabama or USC. 
In the beginning of your college football scholarship journey, it's fine to pursue the big name schools that everyone's gunning for. However, it's important to know when the gig is up and it's time to set your sights on a different set of schools. Even if you're being pursued by Power 5 schools, but not necessarily by the ones you had in mind, it's time to know when to fold them and get focused on the ones that really want you. Every recruiting cycle is filled with guys who force the issue by pursuing the big time schools too long or waiting too long to get the proper attention from their, you know, their all-time favorite, the school they grew up rooting for. What results is being left at the altar by all the schools, so you're not even on the stage on signing day, or uh, the decision is made for you to go to a school that doesn't really want you and uh, you're not a good fit for. You see that happen quite a bit as well. So how do you avoid this? First and foremost, you're going to need that all-important thing. Self-awareness. Here I am talking about self-awareness again. Be honest about your current skill level and sometimes that takes an amazing amount of maturity, especially when you're an adolescent and you're in high school. You think you're the greatest at everything. You refuse to admit that you're not good at something. It's a very tough thing to do. But if you want to have, uh, if you want to make the proper decisions in your college football scholarship journey, you're going to need to have that maturity and you're going to need to have that self-awareness. You got to be, uh, you, you know, you have to be honest about your current skill level. You also have to be honest about your attributes and your ability to contribute. It's okay to believe in your potential, but realize that potential doesn't last very long when you arrive on a college campus. Over the last couple of decades, the speed at which players move through a college program has escalated at a blinding pace. Whether it's been more and more players declaring early, dropping out, or hitting the transfer portal, things happen quickly for athletes in college football programs. You know what else happens quickly? Recruitment of your replacement. Even when you're great, college coaches are looking for your replacement after year one. They figure you'll be leaving in another year and a half. Sometimes they get your replacement on campus, you get an injury, and there goes your replacement in there doing things that make them forget you. Can you believe that? With things happening at a more rapid pace, your decision must come quicker and be more precise. High school football players who recognize early where they stand in the whole recruitment puzzle are the ones who land the limited amount of scholarships that are available every year. Here are some tips to help you realize where you stand. First, honestly assess what kind of interest the schools you're interested in are showing you. If you've been playing varsity football for over a year and you've not received an offer from those top tier schools, start thinking about the level or two below that. If you've completed two varsity seasons, so let's say a sophomore and a junior year, and those schools have not offered you, then it's time to get serious about the smaller D1s and D2s. You gotta secure your place. If you happen to blow up as a senior and they come calling, then you can take a look at the situation then. Even if it happens, it still may not be in your best interest to accept that offer. Power 5 football programs try to sew up their classes by the end of the players' junior seasons for the following season. This often means that they've been actively pursuing the prospect for a year or two, sometimes even more. Second, assess your physical attributes and compare them to players that are highly recruited. If you've read my blog post on my blog called Recruiting Like Beauty Contest has a lot to do with looks, then you know that programs really are recruiting primarily off of physical dimensions. Maybe that's not fair, 
but it is what it is, as they say. College football programs want height. They want weight. They want speed. So where do you stack up in that department compared to the highly recruited? How do you figure that out? Go take a stroll through Rivals or 247's Top 100 for your particular class. So if your class of 2022 or 23, go to the Top 100 in your class. Do you measure up to those prospects favorably in those areas of height and weight? If you do, then you may stand a reasonable chance of being recruited if you're willing to put the work in. If you do not, then realize you're facing an uphill battle if your growth gets stagnant. You may turn out to be an awesome high school football player, but you just don't meet these requirements similar to not having the necessary SAT score to get accepted to Yale. Start making a plan to court the attention of schools at a lower level. Third, take a serious look at how much you've played. Experience in life is, is, a, is an important factor. Let's, you know, not pretend that it's not. Experience is needed in almost everything. You're going to be better with experience, whether that's working a job or it's playing football or just, you know, managing relationships with certain people. Having that experience certainly helps. Going about now and getting that experience can be tricky. Those who are savvy about it tend to be the ones who prosper. If you lack the physical attributes and you don't have much playing experience, you 100% need to set your eyes on lower level D1, D2, and D3 football. Not having the attributes and not having experience does not make for a Power 5 recruit or a Division 1 recruit. It is what it is, as they say. Go where you can play, gain the experience, and have yourself a career. If you have the physical attributes, but you've not played much for some reason, maybe you're new to football, maybe you're playing basketball and you just started playing football and you don't really have the experience yet, but you have the attributes, then consider something like junior college. Junior college can allow you to gain the experience, up your skills, and catch a big school's eye with your physical attributes. Whatever the case may be, make this assessment quickly, preferably by your junior year. Finally, and this is mostly for the players who do obtain Division I or even Power Five offers. If you're not the ideal height or speed, go through the history of the school you're considering. Have they had success with a player like you before? For instance, has the school you're looking at had a successful five foot nine slot wide receiver like you? If so, then they'll likely have more patience bringing you along if you remind them of someone else that worked out. However, if they haven't had someone like you there and the going isn't good early with you, you don't, you know, you're not playing well early, then they'll be really quick to replace you with someone more ideal, someone who fits the bill of what they're looking for. Forcing your square self into their round hole can be very painful. It's cool to get an offer from your dream school, but going there isn't always best. Sometimes in a recruiting game, as in life, the deck is stacked against you. What matters most is how you handle it. You can cry about it, get frustrated, and force yourself into a bad decision that can leave you busted emotionally. Or you can quickly assess the hand that has been dealt to you and make the wise play by changing course. It's like that great country singer once said, you got to know when to fold them. And that's the important thing that we need to learn here today. Everyone wants to go to that dream school. Everyone wants to play college football on TV. Take it from someone who played college football at a program that wasn't on television, 
and also played at a college football program that was on television every week. You can have fun at either one of these places. So don't get yourself all tied up and you have to go to a Division I school. You got to go to a Power 5 school. Make an honest assessment of the things that we discussed here today, your attributes, your playing experience, and all these things. And really, honestly, ask yourself, where do you measure up to the guys that are being recruited by the upper tier schools, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the LSUs, and the Ohio States of the world? Where do you stack up to those guys? And I'm here to tell you, as I've you know, said in some other podcasts, if you've had a chance to listen to them, your high school stats don't matter. You may have rushed for 2,000 yards, but if you don't have those physical attributes, um, don't expect those big-time schools to be really riding your coattails. And that's a tough thing for you to understand, especially at that younger age. Hey, I'm going out. I'm on the high school gridiron every Saturday and I'm on Friday, and I'm playing against some of these guys that are going to these schools, and I'm running up the totals on them. I rush for 150, 200 yards against... Um, XYZ school that has three, four um, power five recruits on their defense. Hate to say it, but that doesn't really matter. They are recruiting attributes because they have to forecast what kind of player you're going to be a year, two years, three years from now. So um, like it or not, attributes are a big thing. And and the hardest thing for uh, most young players to understand is that you're getting recruited sometimes on stuff that you don't really have that much control over, like your height. I will say this. If you're lacking something like height, which you really can't do much about, hey, make sure you're really good in all the other things. Be technically sound. Be a very smart player. And if you're not going to be tall, man, you better be fast. Because not tall and not fast is a really bad combination for football at any level. High school... Um, college, NFL, if you've been getting by, by you know, you're, not t- that t- you're not tall enough um, and you're not fast enough, your clock's kind of ticking. Okay, So do all that you can to improve in the areas of speed, in the areas of knowing the game of football, and being technically sound. Control the controllables, as they will say. And um, you can see yourself have some success at the next level. But I'm again, I'm here to tell you, and I'm not just talking, um, I think most people just know me for having played at the University of Miami. Um, and, you know, lesser people don't realize that I came from a place called Long Beach State that doesn't even play football anymore. Now, it was categorized as a Division I football program, which is what Long Beach State was. It played against schools like Fresno State and San Jose State and San Diego State. But in reality, it lacked a lot of Division I football attributes. Didn't have much of a weight room. Don't remember a strength and conditioning program. We played in a football stadium that had 12,500 for capacity. It was a one-sided stadium that we shared with a high, the local high school football team um, and the local junior college. And I do believe they had first dibs as to when they played the games and we had to work around their schedule. So it was classified as Division I, but it wasn't really that. Despite that, folks... I had a really good time. We had a winning season the first year. Um, I certainly enjoyed the campus life, enjoyed life uh, on campus, going to class, um, having friends, meeting people, and also doing that 
as being a part of the football team. Even though the football team was not the number one sport on campus, volleyball was big. Baseball, the baseball team was really, really good at Long Beach State and still is. And, you know, also uh, basketball was big at the time. So uh, had a couple guys from the basketball team go pro and have pretty long careers. Matter of fact, one of the guys on the basketball team, I mean, he was a damn good basketball player, but his claim to fame was the, uh, he was the guy, Brian Russell, who was covering um, Michael Jordan when he put up that last shot to beat the Jazz in his last game as a Chicago Bull. Uh, he came from Long Beach State. So even though the football program was not a number one um, on campus, still had a great time being a member of the football team and, um, and enjoying the campus life there. Listen, if you can get yourself to college, get yourself an education, and do so either for free or mostly paid for, you have put yourself in an advantageous position um, when you come up later on in life. Just trust me on that one. You are going to definitely benefit from it. So many of your peers are going to go to school um, without a scholarship and they're going to leave with a tremendous amount of debt and they're going to work for several years. They're going to be in the workforce for several years just trying to pay off that debt before they can now quote unquote make themselves profitable or before they can turn their degree into into profit. So if you go, being able to go to school for free or mostly for free and walk out of school with little to no debt and begin working and being able to save the money that you're making um, is certainly a big ad, you know, is advantageous for you. On top of that, um, you can go and develop big time. You can develop into a big time football player um, at a smaller program. That has all of its focus on you. You know, you mean more to that program than if you tried to slide in the back door at Texas or Texas A&M. You won't get as much attention. You'll kind of be off to the side. You go to one of these smaller schools and all the focus is on you and you get all the coaching and the hoopla and all the resources are poured into you. You can come out of that smaller school that you know not a lot of people heard of and become an NFL star if you just continue to develop. It's all what you make it out to be. So I know every year there are guys who do end up getting a college scholarship and they are quote unquote forced to go to a smaller school and not really one of the bigger schools that they were dreaming about and they seem disappointed. Don't be disappointed. It is a college football scholarship. Um, you're going to be taken care of and you have a tremendous opportunity. It is what you uh, make out of it. And there are a lot of guys playing on Sundays that came from schools just like that. Off the top of my head, Darius Leonard, who won Rookie of the Year in 2018 for the Indianapolis Colts, came from South Carolina State. Perhaps he was disappointed on signing day when he was coming out of high school. But he went there, continued to grow, continued to develop, and turned into this monster that runs around making all the tackles on um, Sunday evenings for the Indianapolis Colts. So the experience is what you make it. I've seen other guys force themselves. They'll cast aside uh, scholarships from smaller schools and they go walk on at some big school and they're just kind of, you know, ignored, so to speak. They're just there to be a practice dummy and they end up quitting football a year or two into it. I see that so often. I see guys that just don't want to do the small school football uh, and they decide to go walk on somewhere 
and it just ends up being not a good experience for them. They don't even sometimes in some cases at some schools don't feel like they're a part of the football team and it's just too much for them and they end up quitting football altogether. Now they're just a regular student. Sometimes those guys just end up not going to school at all. So uh, I'm here to tell you, go do that small school um, football thing. Go do that experience. And it is, it is what you make it out to be. And don't worry about your teammates from high school that went on to, do, to go to bigger schools. Sometimes that doesn't work out for them. And if it does work out for them, great. You do your thing. You guys may end up in the same place. I've seen guys go to small schools, make it to the league, while a guy who went big time just never made it, flamed out or whatever. And, you, and I'm not telling you that so that you can wish ill for your friends or your teammates from high school that went big time. No, cheer them on. Be happy for them. But don't let their college experience and what they're experiencing um, at the next level determine what it is you do. Be focused on what it is you have to do at your school, whatever school that may be whether it's Robert Morris or it's Youngtown State or it's Mountain, uh, Mountain Union or something of that nature. Go there, be a baller, develop, get as good as you can, get as much as you can out of your college football experience and your education, and you'll, we'll see where it turns up. The big trick here is, and you've heard me say this before, is try to keep your career alive. Try to play ball as long as you can. And if that means going to Division II school to continue playing, you do that. Because you never know what's going to happen to you at your college level. You never know what kind of player you're going to develop into. And you never know who's going to notice and take you on. And now you reached your ultimate goal if that was to play NFL football. So don't sneeze at those smaller schools. So with all that in mind, please take to heart what we discussed today in this podcast about knowing when to fold them. Listen clearly to some of the steps that I you know, told you you need to take in assessing where you are so that you can... Make the decisions fast because things are happening so fast now for this generation in terms of recruiting. It's a whole lot faster than the generation before you. So if you don't quickly make your assessments and your decisions, things will pass you by and you'll be left with absolutely nothing once you uh, graduate from high school. And that's the situation you just don't want to find yourself in. You're going to end up being pretty bitter um, and it's, and it's going to have a negative effect on you. So with recruiting moving faster, you guys have an early signing period now that you have to deal with. Um, On top of the regular signing day in February, decisions need to be made quicker. I can only describe it as you driving 100 miles an hour on a highway as opposed to 50 miles an hour. You have to decide on a lane change a lot quicker than someone who's driving at 50 miles an hour. And that's what recruiting is in this day and age. Things are moving at warp speed. You've got to make your assessments quicker. You can't wait until you're going into your senior year. Now a decision that you used to be able to make going into your senior year is one that you need to make in your junior year or at the end of your sophomore year. And it really just happens that fast. From the moment you start playing varsity football, whether that's freshman, sophomore year, and, or, or it's your junior year, you need to quickly assess where you stand, how you stack up, and how you measure up against the other guys that are getting recruited. I've got this one final tip for you too as you're leaving. Um, here's news for you. Even the lower level Division I schools and some of the Division II schools, and I'm telling you this just from experience in talking with coaches about prospects, they are searching for the kind of prospects that you see in that top 100 list. Some of those Division I, lower tier Division I and Division II schools, uh, FCS schools, are trying to grab a player like the ones they see on that top 100 list, that's their opportunity 
to put a feather in their cap and get a Division One Power Five school job. So they're out there looking for those type of players too. Now the chances of them getting them at one of these at the schools that they're at is certainly lesser than you know the opportunities for Miami or Florida State or Florida to get those players. So they're going to miss on them, and when they do, they are going to turn around now and start getting in touch with guys that they've been building a relationship with. And if you have failed to build a relationship with that school or that coach from that FCS or Division II school, um, it's going to be tough for you to get in there late. So make that assessment quickly where you stand. If you find that you don't, for whatever reason, or what, what you know, you're missing some of the factors that I talked about in this podcast today, um, you better start building a relationship with those coaches because when they strike out on some of those big-time guys that they're going for, um, and they start looking back to guys that you know are interested in their program that they have a legitimate shot of getting at, that better be you. It better not be you who did not reach out to any of these coaches and you did not answer any of their DMs or texts um, trying to get back in there late once you realize that these other top-tier schools are really not in your best interest. All right, so I hope that helped you out. Listen, um, if you if you pull something valuable out of this podcast today, I've got a couple things I'd like for you to do. First of all, share this podcast because you have high school teammates um, and you have friends that are going through this process or will be going through it in the near future that will need to hear this information. So do me a favor, share this, whether it's on Twitter or it's Facebook or um, even in your Instagram story, feel free to share this. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, what I'd also love more is for you to subscribe to this podcast because I'm going to be putting out more and more uh, podcasts just like this one. And in the near future, um, I will be having guests on the show to speak more um, on the recruiting experience or provide more information, recruiting tips and things of that nature. Um, and just getting you together on things that you need to know to enhance your recruiting process and make you more knowledgeable. So these things are coming and you don't want to miss an episode. So um, very simple, click subscribe, become a subscriber to the podcast and do me a favor and share it for uh, anyone else that needs to hear this message. So again, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. And uh, until next time, Gridiron Studs, be seen.